0: I'm Bailey Martin. I'm a battalion chief with Richmond Fire. I'm here today with Jaleel Davis. He's a firefighter at Engine 14 on the A-shift. And we're just starting a new series where basically we're meeting some of our firefighters, interviewing them. We're going to be using some of this for recruitment, but mainly just to let people kind of get to know our firefighters, see, uh, hear some of their life experiences, how they came to the fire department and some of the things they're doing inside and outside the fire department. So Thank you, Jaleel, you're the first one, so thanks for coming to uh, you know, agreeing to do this with us. Happy to you're do gonna it. be our guinea pig, so to speak. Let's get started. So, first of all, you're, you're at Engine 14. How long have you been with Richmond Fire?
1: City time, three and a half years, coming up in June. Uh, street time, three
0: years. Three years. Where'd you start your career? What was your first station? Uh, station 12 on uh, Carry and acid. Before we get too much into your fire career, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you, where, where'd you grow up? You know, just tell me a little bit about yourself before the fire department. Um, so I've kinda lived all over. Um
1: my first like home memories are uh the West End, like Rosewood Avenue right behind City Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighborhood was very different when I was living there than it is now. Um, and then we moved to the East End, uh, off of uh like nine mile I mean, nine mile laburnum and Jared Apartments. Um and then uh we lived in Central Gardens for a little bit of time, and then we moved to Hanover. So, and then in my adult life, I've lived in, I lived back in the city on Broad Street, and then I lived in uh, Chesterfield too, like right on outside of the city. Do you live in the city now? I live in
0: Verona now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you said all over, but really, just you mean all over Richmond? All you, over you, the city. Yeah. yeah you lived in the Richmond city. your whole yeah. life, pretty much. I'm the yeah. same way. I grew up, uh, started out in the east end in Rico, lived in. You know, spent most of my childhood in Hanover County and um even in college, I, w- I went to Randolph Macon so I only I've only been as far as Ashland. Yeah. <laughs> and other than that I've always lived in yeah. mostly in the east end of Hem- east end of Henrico but also and now I live in Charles City County. Just the same in that Verona area as well. So uh so tell me a little bit about um like school, like where where'd you go to high school, um, you know what did you do before the fire department Can tell me a little bit about it. so uh i went to hanover high school
1: graduated from there i played football ran track um after high school i went to odu i was there for uh a good time not a long time mm-hmm. you know being 18 and thrown out into the wild wasn't the uh best thing for me. Did you make it to the second semester? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah. You know, um, yeah, so I came back home, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd always said that I was probably gonna be a lawyer or uh, the fire department was always kind of like a backup for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt was a lawyer. Well, no, I'm sorry. Not a was. She is a lawyer. Um, her sister's a doctor. My mom's a nurse. My granddad retired from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Who's your granddad? Raymond Davis. Raymond Davis. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, just having so many different influences, I never knew kind of could pinpoint. You know, I just knew I liked dealing with people
0: mm-hmm. and I couldn't take the monotony of uh, everyday nine to five. So I I worked with Raymond many times, you know, transfers or different different occasions. Did you uh ever get to like come to the firehouse? You visit him at the firehouse so much my, or you just knew he was a firefighter? So my first station visit was to um I wasn't
1: yeah. young enough oh I'm sorry, I wasn't old enough to remember the old tent mm-hmm. on Broad Street. Um my uncle, he's five years older than me. He remembers the old 10 but uh i was born in 94 so i remember where it is now hermitage road but i remember before the renovations right um so that was my first firehouse um and then just going with him to like the credit union or whatever he would come in stop by talk to the guys um but other than that i mean he talked about the fire department but not really, like it wasn't until I got older until he really started like talking to me about it, and then once I said that hey, this is what I'm gonna do um you know that's when he started you know talk more about it, um just things about like you know what it's like, the things you see, um some of the things he dealt with in here um so you know what do you mean talk can you talk more about that just the like he came in in nineteen
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so He came in, and, you know, it was guys, let's say, 15 years in, they came in in 1965. So it was a huge, like, racial divide in the the fire department. Um, So, you know, he tells me about how, like, all the black guys on the shift, they slept in the same bunk. They they were each other's relief men, and they were, uh, they, like, drank out of the same coffee cup and all that stuff. And it was, like, it was very integrated but segregated at the same time. Um. So just talking to me about stuff like that, and then just you know, just the actual job part of it. Um, you know, going on the fires, and you know, uh, once they start doing EMS in the '90s, and how how rough that was. And so he gave just gave me a little insight, and you know, I'm fortunate to have him now because he kind of is a resource, and I can kind of reach back and like, hey, this you know, this is what I've seen, this is what happens, and can use him to like kind of pick his brain a
0: little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Talking about some of his experiences, we had this thing called uh, building bridges back in the early 2000s, and uh, it was very, I was able, fortunate enough to be able to participate in it, and a lot of that was geared to try and um, address some of those issues that you're talking about. Even though we had moved on, I think that there was still some hard feelings that yeah. had lingered uh, from those days. Because like you said, we had still had firefighters in our department that had experienced those types of, mm-hmm. I would say, injustices or, or treatment. And so uh, to hear some, some other firefighters tell those kind of stories was really eye-opening mm-hmm. to me that that in my lifetime, people could be treated that way because yeah. uh, I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> but um, but still, um, so so yeah, I mean, but that's a great resource to have to have, you know, someone like that that's been in the fire service to tell you a little bit mm-hmm. about it and kind of help Mentor you I guess and kind of tell you what to look out for how yeah. to conduct yourself. You know for me I'm a i am I never had I don't have anyone else to let my family to yeah. to really lean on in that way So I'm sure that was, yeah, pretty valuable. I think was a, a great. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um Tell me about um who were some of? Obviously, you mentioned your grandfather. Who were some of the other influences in your life? Oh, um, so probably my grandma. Honestly, mm. um,
1: we—I uh, was at her house like every
0: weekend.
1: Mm. Um, you know, as soon as school let out Friday, she was coming to pick me up you know, when she got off work, and then uh, going to her house, stay until Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember specifically, like, crying, because I didn't want to go home. <laughs>
0: like, I want to
1: stay here. Um, and then sometimes we could use, we we went to the school that's in the district that she lived in, so sometimes I could stay the night during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandma, for sure. Um, Did she live in the city? She actually lives uh, right outside the city in Highland Springs. Okay. Um, so... I spent a lot of time over there as well like Tiffany Meadows like right near Fairfield high, uh middle school mm-hmm. um and then my aunt um we're very close the one who's a lawyer um she uh she's only 15 years older than me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so but we've always had like the same interests cuz my brother was sick when I was a kid so I spent a lot of time with my grandma with my mom and dad with my brother in the hospital whatever mm-hmm. um and so like I just hear stories about like, you know, I got Bob Marley like on my wall. Um, my aunt drew a picture of him and it's, it's her picture that she drew and it's on my wall in my house. And uh, my grandma tells me the only time she had to give me a spanking was because I wouldn't go to sleep cause I wanted to listen to Bob Marley. <laughs> so like that stuck. So How that, old do you think you
0: were when that happened?
1: <laughs> I was old enough to talk, so you know, two, three years old maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? I, mean, I don't and, think I
0: discovered Bob Bar- Bar- Marley
1: till I was in my teens. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and, and so it is stuck. You know, Bob Marley is still one of my favorites. Um, but now that now that I'm older, me and my aunt we go to concerts together because um, we share some similar taste in music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if a new song or something comes out that she, I don't think she's hip to. I would send it to her through a text or whatever and sometimes she'd be like, Yeah, i already listened to it. I'm like, oh, excuse me <laughs> You know. But uh yeah, our relationship, you know, is real close, real tight. That's
0: good. That's good. Um so did you have any other jobs before you were a firefighter?
1: Yeah, I uh I uh I worked in I worked at Chipotle. Chipotle was my first job. Uh that was a job I had uh when I got back from O D U. And then I worked there for maybe two years and then uh i worked at texas roadhouse and i worked there for maybe two or three years something like that and then i worked at a, a call center in uh in chester off of iron bridge mm-hmm. dealing with uh obamacare and signing people up for insurance and stuff like that um i worked there for about a year basically when i was in the process to uh, get in here
0: mm-hmm. i was working there and then i got in here i left there and came here that's interesting because i was uh when i got out of college i kind of got the first job i could find uh trying to make the most money i can make i was an english major but i got found a job working for bank of america and their call center yeah. so that's what i did for about four and a half years and uh, it took me about a year there to realize like this is not yeah. not what i want to do you know i wanted to Sitting, you know, I'm sure if you were in a call center, you know, like, all your breaks are regimented. You have to be on oh, the yeah. phone as oh, much yeah. as possible. So that, that yeah. type of environment was just not, it, it really turned me uh, off to the corporate world and maybe start looking for something, uh, I guess you'd say, more satisfying. Yeah, I mean, and, and so that was,
1: that's why I said, like, my first option was to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Because, like, no matter what I did, I always wanted to interact with people in some capacity. You know, whether it was, uh, and I probably would've did criminal law um, because dealing with those people, like the less fortunate sometimes, and helping them out to turn bad situations and not make them worse. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I talked to my aunt, you know, yeah, somebody may have committed murder or whatever, but her goal is to not get them life or the death penalty when, now that we don't have it anymore, it's not a, issue but when you know when she was coming up you still had it so like some of her cases and she, it was something that she could be proud of because you like I basically you know in a way saved their life and so they still get a chance at freedom
0: you know if they're young enough and and even I think there's you know still that even if they're guilty exactly you still want to make sure that they get a fair shake exactly. in the process exactly. you know that they aren't um, you know uh, exploited exactly. in the legal system now, in the last year that we've had, what, what are the conversations with her being a criminal lawyer, kind of how have those conversations gone with everything that's been going on in our, in our country over the last year or so? Honestly, like,
1: it's, we don't even really talk about it that much because just for me sometimes, like, it's almost like sensory overload, you know? Because you know it's there you know, you know it happens. And then when something like that happens, it's all you see. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's no need to even kind of talk about it, you know. Now, sometimes I will say, hey, what do you think? You know, what do you, you know, when something happens and, and it's kind of, when it's blatant, I, it's nothing to discuss. But when it's kind of like, eh, you know, I'll be like, what do you, what you think? Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, well, you know, this this happened and happened and that happened. I was like, that's kind of what I saw you know so it's like you know but that stuff can get exhausting to talk about so yeah
0: you know. <laughs> and and I mean especially with us having to you know here in Richmond having to deal with it yeah. you know um, I, I don't know what it, what it was like for you but for me you know there was a lot of you know kind of soul searching over the last year of you know what is where are we how can I help how does that my job being a government job and and there being so much um request for reform, you know, but still trying to serve our communities to me that was that was was a lot of you know questions that I had to ask myself and really evaluate how I felt about Indeed. certain things um, so let's let's talk about um you as a firefighter so what's your experience been like so far what What was your first assignment like how How was that for you? Did you did you did it meet your expectations? Was it different than what you thought it would be? <laughs> um. So I kind of had
1: like no expe- expectation. Um, I was just going and do whatever it was that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I didn't know anything about twelve. Um, my only firehouse experiences were uh, twelve. I'm sorry, not twelve, but ten and eleven. And that's because my aunt lived on 29th street and she was kind of like the family mother. Mm -hmm. So like we all went there and if somebody hurt themselves, you know, go around the corner (laughs) and get a bandaid or whatever, you know? Um, and so that was another experience too, that was great because, um, ham was good friends with my cousin Mm -hmm. and he would come check on my aunt and all that. And I think, um, one of her last times coming home from the hospital, um, I think uh, Eric Ross and Asia, I think he was on Asia. They went over there and helped her get into the house, you know, from the hospital. So they Mm -hmm. always kind of looked out for um, just doing a real community firehouse. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, your neighbors, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so that was, you know, it was always just a good impression. Um, And then they had a fire in the house, you know. Mm. Uh, And Carlos, he, he, he ran the call. And so he was like you Related to them, and I was like, Yeah, that's my aunt. You know, he's like, Yeah, they had a fire in the house. I was like, Yeah, and, you know, and so, um, my family and the Richard Fire Department are like almost like interconnected in, in directly and indirectly, mm-hmm. you know, just being in the city, they've been serviced. Um, and so, like, being at 12, it was uh, it was slow, but like I said, I had a good crew, so you know, it was. The time went by fast, Mm -hmm. you know, because we would get out, train, learn, you know, play and joke. You know, um, I enjoyed my time, Mm -hmm. but uh, I just kind of outgrew it, you know, just being I'm only 26. I'll be 27 in July, Mm -hmm. you know, being and then the pandemic really just, you know, 12 was slow before and the pandemic. You know, VCU, they left the bars closed and that was basically our call Mm-hmm. you know and once that stopped we halted you yeah. know and like in the in the midst of the pandemic like it would be some days where we might run one call if that you know because a lot of people didn't want to go to the hospital so a lot of people weren't calling 911
0: a lot um, of those calls that maybe uh, were questionable, you know, where people didn't, you know, they exactly. called 911, but they didn't, they weren't really in an emergency. Exactly,
1: and it's like, I don't even want to go to the hospital with the coronavirus and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they, people saw on the news how bad the hospitals were, and they didn't want to deal with it. So it was like, it would be some days where we ran zero, you know, two two calls was a good day, three calls, and was like, oh, we're busy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I just wanted to get out of there and... uh See different things in the department, um, different side of town, different call volume, different uh, different demographics, you know. Um, and it's kind of like diversify a little bit just from what I saw. So now you're north side, right? Yep. It's Chamberlain and Brooklyn Park. Chamberlain and Brooklyn Park. So how's that been so far? It's been great. You know, um, I love it. It's, it's the perfect, I think it's like the perfect fire station because it's not five or eleven busy but it's uh it's like the quality of a quantity thing right Mm -hmm. so you know people talk about you know you can run 20 calls all day and do nothing or you can run five calls all day and do a lot of things Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like that deal um you know we run good calls um unfortunately i've been off or driving (laughs) for the fires but you know we still go to them um you know, so it's I, I it's a good district and I, I want to spend some time there. I don't see myself leaving.
0: Yeah. Um anytime soon, you know. And we've been busy, you know, since since January. We've had yeah. had a lot of lot more of those types of incidents. Yeah. Um so what would you say has been your most gratifying call since you've been in the fire department? Or does one come to mind?
1: <sighs> um So we, so we went on a little streak at twelve. Uh, we got two saves from a cardiac arrest where shock was administered in a week, and that's like hitting the jackpot. You know, I had been yeah. in almost three years at that point, and I was like, man, every time we do cardiac arrest, like I mean CPR, they never, they never make it, unfortunately. But uh, we got two saves like in a week, and then uh, maybe I was working overtime in nineteen in, in March and um, and uh we gotta we gotta save guy got- got down like fell out of the shower, and uh we come in, we start doing c p r shock was administered, and by the time we got to the hospital, he was breathing on his own, mm-hmm. so stuff like that as you know I haven't been involved in a in a rescue like on the fireside, anything like that, so everything's uh, just been e m s
0: but i mean it is it is a great feeling when you know there's so much you know i think that's you know people that aren't in this job that they don't realize is there is so much uh, negative. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. going, you're seeing people on their worst day. A lot of these, like you said, cardiac arrests. You're giving your best effort, and they don't make it. Oh, yeah. or, or sometimes people are are gone before you get there. Yeah. So to do your job, get to do your job, and really make a difference. Yeah. That is, that's like the best feeling. And and all three of them were. Um, it was witnesses
1: around, mm-hmm. so that was good for them too. Um, because you know, a lot of times like you have to tell somebody hey they uh they didn't make it yeah, you know, and it's uh just dealing with people's families, you know it's tough because like that sucks for them, and then it's like it's it's the fire department's the mm-hmm. most most interesting thing ever, right like you can go and run the worst thing humanly possible. And then you can go back to the station and eat dinner or go back to sleep or whatever and not even blink an eye at it, you know. And it's it's kind of crazy just to think about, like, the kind of how, like, the normality of it,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And it's like, it's not really normal, but it, it's our normal. We normalize you, it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, is something wrong with us? Like, what is this? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but it's like. But it's, it's, it's what we do It's what we sign up for It's what we're here for So mm-hmm. I mean it's just you know.
0: So uh, what what would you say um, So now You know you've talked a little bit about um, The influences in your life And I know you, you know you've You and I have had some conversations y- You mentioned that um, You felt like You're here because of some choices that your parents made that maybe if they hadn't made those choices, Mm -hmm. things would be different. Can you talk about that and what that's... Just to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, so... So,
1: um... I used to get in trouble a lot as a kid, like, in school. Um... You know, one, school was always kind of easy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it wasn't a lack of... uh, I, it was, It was. I think it was more so lack of stimulation um, and then just some external factors that caused me to act out, um, but you know, that was like in the East End or whatever, um, and then once we went to, uh, we moved to Hanover, um, it kind of took me away from certain things. And so like I say, like I think moving to Hanover in a way kind of saved me because I look at people that I used to be cool with and they're in certain situations. And it's like, you know, I could have been with them, you know, or you just look at just the the influences and the proximity of the city and the things that, you know, people go through. And it's like, I didn't have to deal with that you know, mm-hmm. when she moved us. Um, I didn't agree with it at the time because like all my friends are here, you know, Uh, We moved to the county It was like Nobody plays outside You know The (laughs) apartments that we were in It was like perfect It was like five buildings Right It's like five buildings And then in the middle Of the building In the middle of the five buildings Was this huge field Mm -hmm. And all of Every All the kids from the apartment complex Used to come together And that's where we played football Mm -hmm. And it was every day This is what we were doing And so we moved to the county And it was like Man like Me and my brother Man what do we What do we do You know it's like it's nothing to do. Were you more like a neighborhood? Uh, so we moved to the apartments first. And the apartments were cool. Because once we got to know people, and more people kind of moved around there. um, And then it was people like us, kids from the city. Because it was like, uh, they get, I think you get like Section 8 around there. Mm-hmm. And then um, we lived in apartments. And it was apartments up the street. uh At Cold Harbor and, uh, was it, Chickahominy? Something like that. Like, what did Honey Bluffs? Like, McCann's Turnpike area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would come, or we would go up there. They had a basketball court. We had the football field. Mm-hmm. And so we had, like, uh, neighborhood kind of games. Mm-hmm. And then we, these the same people that we went to school with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we organized it in school, and it was like, all right, we're going to play y'all, y'all play us, and see who wins. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, too, it was like, these are people that we played Little League with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... Um, you know, it was just a competition. And then we moved further into the county off of pole green road. And I was like, man, it's really nothing to do here. (laughs) But by that time, by that time I was in middle school. So, um, I was, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade when we moved out there. Um, and so it didn't really bother me that much because I was so involved with sports. Like I went from, um, I never came home after school, so I, I would go from football to uh, to track. You know, it was like maybe two or three months in between because I didn't play basketball. Mm-hmm. It was like two or three months in between where I, I came home on the bus. But then once I got to high school, I was never, it, I was never bored. I always had something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially eighth grade because we started uh, lifting weights and stuff, January of eighth grade. And so I would go from football To weightlifting to track and I did that all through high school and then once I got to high school we went to the playoffs every year so we would play uh, up until Thanksgiving or the first week in December because we went to the state semis twice Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was like three or four weeks where I was just at home and then weightlifting started in January Mm -hmm. and so I was never you know I was always busy then weightlifting turned to track and then I had to track school ended, and we kept weightlifting. And then next thing you know, it's, it's summer, and we got practice. Mm-hmm. So it was I was always just occupied um, with with some some type of sport, something like that, um, which I think was good for me because was an outlet, you know. Um,
0: or just everything that I had going on? So, you know, I think a lot of people measure success in a lot of different ways, and think that. Um, you know, if you aren't a millionaire or famous, that you aren't necessarily successful, but I can see, you know, just seeing, hearing your story and where you've come from, you've had to overcome a lot of obstacles to get to where you are. Do you ever think about, you know, what your success means or, or, you know, how do you feel about what you've already accomplished or maybe even what that might mean to people that see you on a fire truck? You know, they don't know your story, but, But I'm sure when you're riding through the city of Richmond, there's a lot of kids that see you and, and look up to you. So for me, my success isn't measured in anybody else's, mm-hmm.
1: you know, and it's not necessarily even attached to money. It's about happiness. You know, I come to work every day. Nine times out of ten, I'm happy. Nine times out of ten, I have a good day at work. You know, just, I'm, outside of the calls, like just being with the people that I work with, you know, interacting with them, we have a good day. You know um so my success and it's like i look at it as like i'm happy i'm here you know like i made it you know what i'm saying like despite everything you know all the stupid stuff that i ever did like i'm here you know so it's like i'm proud of myself you know um and so uh you know and then just riding a fire truck through the city you know that's that's uh, a pleasure in itself you know having the kids see you and have somebody to look up to without even and it don't even have to be direct you know just indirect just seeing somebody that looked like them you know you know I wear my hair I got locks you know might might wear your hair the same whatever it lets you know that it's tangible you know and then for me being a firefighter it's encouraging to see people that look like me in upward leadership because it lets me know that it's tangible. So it's a whole not necessarily a trickle down effect, but it's a whole just things of what you see and your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when I ride the fire truck I just I wave and just let people see me, you know. And that's if I had time to talk to you, I talk to you. If not, just just know that you can do it, you know. It's nothing that's uh it's nothing impossible, you know. I think it's just more so of accessibility, you know. Because it wasn't for my granddad, I wouldn't have known anything about the fire department, Honestly, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't have been an option, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And so before I got here, I applied to Henrico. I applied to Chesterfield, and that's because he told me, hey, you know, they're opening, they're hiring,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know. But ultimately, I want to be here, you know. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to get a, I'm not going to say I didn't want any job But I wanted this job More than the other jobs Yeah You know Because I am Connected to the city You know I still got family A lot of family That live in the city I'm in the city often You know mm-hmm. Visiting family You know So uh, It's It's no better place For me than here You know And I don't foresee Myself leaving Anytime soon
0: It would take a lot For me to leave the city Yeah A whole lot well, I mean, we're thankful to have you, you know, I certainly, you know, you've got a whole, a lot of career left in front of you, Good. but I, you know, your attitude is definitely uh, great and, um, you know, you, I appreciate you coming here and talking about some of your experiences no and sharing with us and, you know, we certainly, um, I look I look forward to tracking your career as you, <laughs> as you grow through our department, so uh, thanks for taking your time and um, I'm sure we'll be talking more no in the problem. future. No